Hi, this is Glenn Hughes, and you're listening to Thunder Underground. Welcome to episode 383 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent here as always. And when I say that we've got an amazing one this week, I don't say that lightly. I know I throw the terms amazing, great, spectacular, whatever around a lot. You know, when it comes to guests or songs or concerts or albums. And a lot of times that all holds true. But this time it's extremely true, I guess, if you want to put it to another truth level. I don't know. What I'm trying to say is that Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, the voice of rock, and one of the greatest musicians in the history of rock and roll, Glenn Hughes, has returned to this podcast once again. That's a statement that a few years ago I would have never imagined making because I would have never imagined he would have been on here the first time. But he was here in 2020, and now he's back here in 2023. He's got a great gig going on right now. He's out on tour doing Deep Purple songs from his era of Deep Purple. The three albums he did in the early to mid-70s, celebrating those. It's the 50th anniversary of Burn. So he talks about all that, some other great stuff like Black Country Communion, the Dead Daisies, and so on. We're going to get into all that with Glenn Hughes, but first I need to let you know who we're sponsored by. Sunset Tattoo, a tattoo shop located in Midtown Tulsa. Their tattoos are done good and proper, they're state licensed, and they are mother approved. Over Well over 25 years of experience from Jake and his crew over there. If you call or email ahead of time, you can set up a time to go in there and talk about what work you're looking to have done. They also accept walk-ins. You can check out Tons of photos of their past work online. If you go to their Facebook or Instagram page, both of those are Sunset Tattoo Tulsa. I've personally had work done by Jake that I'm really happy with. Looking forward to have more in the future. I know many other people that have as well. So I believe you need to as well. So hit up Sunset Tattoo and tell them you heard about them right here on Thunder Underground. We've also got DEB Concerts, a promoter based right here. And the Tulsa area, they've brought tons of great acts to this area over the past several years, like Megadeth, Lamb of God, Saxon, Buck Cherry, Snoop Dogg, Ice Cube, Poison. The list is great and long, and it always gets longer. They're bringing back John Karabi once again. This October, October 13th at the Graffiti Bar in Tulsa. Karabi's returning. And if you've listened to this podcast in any length, you know how big a fan I am of that man. I consider him one of the most underrated rock vocalists and songwriters of his generation, you know, and still to this day. And hey, there's a tie-in here, you know, he was in the Dead Daisies, and then when he left, Glenn Hughes took his spot, well, his spot and the bass spot as well. But then and now that Glenn Hughes has left, John Crowley has returned to the Dead Daisies. So we're going to talk about that here with Glenn here shortly. But in the meantime, get tickets to that concert by hitting up debconcerts.com. Also follow them on our socials. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram are all DEB Concerts. And on top of all everything I just said, they also book the Roadhouse stage at Rocklahoma every year. Rocklahoma is a little over a week away. It's actually a week from Thursday, from tomorrow. Oh, hold it. What day is today? Today is Wednesday. I apologize. As you know, this is not live. I'm recording this ahead of time. Tomorrow is Thursday. The day this comes out, how about that? 
I could edit all this out, but I'm just going to be transparent with you that I'm just rambling here. The day that this drops on Thursday, a week from today, Rocklahoma kicks off at the pre-party. Their pre-party is entirely on the Roadhouse stage that DEB Concerts puts together. This will feature Bullet Boys, Warrant, and LA Guns. All three of those bands have had members on this podcast. Some of them multiple times. You do not want to miss it. The rest of the weekend, the other three days, the Roadhouse stage will be headlined by Buck Cherry, Kicks, and Skid Row. Dime Store Riot, great friends of this podcast who were just on here about a month ago, just got added to the Sunday lineup. And Sunday is completely stacked all across the board at Rocklahoma. You've also got Pantera, Rob Zombie, Ginger. I think maybe Mammoth WVH is that day as well. I don't have the lineup in front of me, but the point is hit up the Roadhouse stage, see Dime Store Riot, see all these other great bands I mentioned, see Kicks, one of the greatest live bands on this planet for the last 40 years. This will be one of their final shows. They're playing their final show in Baltimore not long after Rocklahoma, so you do not want to miss that. DB Concerts, like I said, dbconcerts.com, hit up rocklahoma.com for info on that. And yeah, more info to come as more concerts are announced from DEB Concerts. All right, speaking of concerts, man, a lot's gone on this past week or week and a half here in this area of the country. Great shows in Tulsa from Clutch, Sunvolt, Pantera, and Lame of God played Rogers, Arkansas a little under two weeks ago, I think it was. Lame of God just played in Oklahoma City earlier this week. Metallica brought their two-day no-repeat set list tour to AT&T Stadium in Dallas, Texas, excuse me, Arlington, Texas, with Pantera, Mammoth WVH open on one night, and Ice Nine Kills and Five Finger Death Punch open on the other. And all these things I just listed, I didn't get to go to any of them. Pantera also played in Austin this past week, but Pantera will be at Rocklahoma next week, and they will also be at Blue Ridge Rock Fest in Virginia the following week. I'll also be at that. So hopefully I'll finally see Pantera again at one of those shows. Got the opportunity to see him eight times back in the day in the 90s. So really looking forward to seeing this version. I know people are split, but I've talked in detail about this. I'm a diehard fan of Pantera. I mean, I've got him tattooed on me. And I am 100% cool with this. You know, the two guys filling in are two of my favorite musicians. In fact, Charlie Benante is one of my two favorite drummers of all time. So you can't really beat this. And I don't even have to explain Zach Wilde. We all know and love that. But yeah, just kind of rambling here for a minute. Speaking of shows, next Monday night, this coming Monday night, Glenn Hughes is bringing this Deep Purple tour to Dallas, Texas. Jason, the former co-host of this podcast with me, is traveling to Dallas with me to check this out. Now, Glenn Hughes has long been the number one artist on my concert bucket list. I had the opportunity last year at Blue Ridge Rock Fest to see him live for the first time ever with Dead Daisies, and it was for two songs. I was working, I lucked out the fact that the stage I was working was the stage that the Dead Daisies performed on. So I got to see two songs from the side of the stage, but still, I've never seen a full set in any capacity, from Glenn Hughes. So I cannot wait for this. Getting him to 
get to see him play all these deep purple songs, you know, it was a once in a lifetime chance. He's done this throughout the past few years. Most of the time, it seems like it's been out of America. I know he's done dates here, but I don't think he's ever done a full scale tour of this stuff in America. This tour is also being co-headlined by Yngwie Malmsteen. And, you know, you've got two wildly different artists there. But I always love shows where they bring together, you know, artists that you wouldn't put together in your mind, conventionally don't go together, styles, whatever. It just makes for a great, great time and a great experience. However, the show I'm going to in Dallas does not feature Yngwie. This is a Glenn Hughes-only show, which at the end of the day, that's all that matters to me. I've seen Yngwie before. Can't say enough about that dude's talent, but what I can't say enough about either is how much I love Glenn Hughes. You know, I'm sitting here rambling, sounding like a fanboy on this thing, but, you know, I really can't help it. Everything this guy has ever done is spectacular. That's a that's an opinion, but it's an opinion that I would also be willing to put forth as a fact. <laughs> I mean, if if you're not familiar with Glenn Hughes outside of, you know, the deep, the early deep purple burn, or maybe Black Country Communion, or maybe his one album with Black Sabbath, or his recent stuff with the Dead Daisies, or his stuff with Tony Iommi, or the stuff he's done collaborating with artists over the past, you know, five, ten years. He he was a part of the Ronnie James Dio tribute, that big tribute album came out that had everybody on it. Glenn Hughes sang, I believe he sang Catch the Rainbow. He also guested on a track from Device, you know, David Draymond from Disturbed's side project. I know there's been other stuff, but that's just kind of the stuff that pops out here off the top of my head. He also, of course, guested with Joe Bonamassa on one of his tracks. But that's to be expected because, you know, him and Joe Bonamassa are the foundation of Black Country Communion, along with Jason Bonham and Derek Sherinian. And that's a uh, you know, just the lineup of those four guys alone is pretty amazing. But these albums they've put out, they've put out four studio albums that are all great. And in fact, they've got a new one coming out early next year that Glenn's going to talk about here briefly in this interview coming up. So really looking forward to that. And also, you know, the hope of getting to see Black Country Communion live. I've never seen them live. Obviously, like I said earlier, I hadn't seen Glenn Hughes live longer than two songs. I've had the opportunity to see Jason Bonham and Derek and Joe Bonamassa as well throughout the years, but to see them collectively, that's a hope and a dream, right? But yeah, so if if you're kind of, I mean, if you're just one of those kind of casual fans that don't know everything Glenn Hughes has done, you know, seriously, dig through that Black Country Community stuff. Dig through the Dead Daisies. He, their, most, their two most recent albums, he did two albums and an EP with them are spectacular. You can't beat the sound that band makes, especially when you add the force that is Glenn Hughes. So check out both those. And more than anything, I would I want to say that if you're not familiar with the work he did with Tony Iommi, I mean, we're far enough removed from it now that there's a lot of people that may not know about it. They may have missed it back then. You might be younger, don't know. But outside of the album in the 80s that Glenn Hughes did with Black Sabbath. He later recorded two albums with Tony Iommi again, one called Fused and one called The Depth Sessions. I mean, I'm, you know, a huge fan of both these guys and you put them together and it tenfold lives up to the hype. 
So if you take away anything from this besides, you know, checking out the Deep Purple Tour or, you know, checking out this recent Dead Daisies or Black Country Moon and stuff is go back and check out Glenn Hughes and Tony Iommi together. I promise if you love heavy music, if you love hard rock, if you love metal, I can't imagine you would be disappointed. If, you, if you're disappointed after you listen to it, I don't know what to tell you other than you're an asshole. You know, I mean, that's plain and simple. So there you go. All right, so I'm going to, I could keep on rambling about Glenn Hughes, but it would probably just make more sense to have him talk about what he's going, got going on instead of me rambling about it. But before we do, I want to let you know that I just recorded an episode with Blake Bedsall, the lead vocalist of the band Saul. He was on this podcast about the same time Glenn was three years ago after the pandemic had started. And he's back again because Saul just put out their second album. Great stuff. So looking forward to get that one out to you. This coming week, like I said, Rocklahoma's coming up. So I've got a Rocklahoma preview episode. I've got a special guest that's going to join me. Someone that has been to every single Rocklahoma, just like myself. And we're going to talk about some past Rocklahomas. Going to talk about what we're looking forward to this year. You know, all the stuff that normally goes in their preview episodes. So be on the lookout for that one as well. All right, this interview with Glenn Hughes was actually recorded not that long ago, earlier this week, August 21st. And I, I mentioned the date because it was Glenn Hughes' birthday. He joined me and he did some other press on his birthday. So kudos to him. You know, I mean, I can't say can't really say more than that, right? I mean, the guy is now 72 years old, okay? Pull up any live performance of this guy, pull up any recent studio recording, and just listen to this man sing. 55, I think roughly 55 years in the game now since, you know, he started recording with Trapeze. I mean, you can't... I mean, this guy's kind of in an echelon all his own. I mean, there's guys out there like Rob Halford. There's guys out there that Bruce Dickinson that are older that still sound amazing. But, you know, I mean, for me personally, Glenn Hughes is on the Mount Rushmore of rock vocalists up there with Freddie Mercury, Mike Patton, and Chris Cornell. I know some people would argue those last couple, but, you know, like I said, it's a personal Mount Rushmore. Did I do state as fact? But hey, that's what we all do, right? So anyway, once again, I'm going to stop now and I'm going to let you hear from Glenn here is the voice of rock, Glenn Hughes. Well, first off, happy birthday. Thank you. And by the way, Trent, I'm coming to Big D. Watch out. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Just a week away. <laughs> how? You don't even know, or maybe you do, how much I love that, uh, Dallas, Texas. Yeah, I'm actually from Oklahoma, and I'm going to be traveling down for the show. And by the way, I, I, not, not to be silly, but I, I feel that, that way. I, I, that, I, look, my, 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 my history dates back to the early 70s from Oklahoma into Texas, in my band trapeze, you're too young to know that, but trust me. <laughs> right. <laughs> we got any plans today for your birthday on your day off? I'm doing a bunch of press. Uh, okay. 
So, uh, and then I've got a birthday dinner with my team this evening, and my my whole family have flown in from Minneapolis, and yeah, it's going to be a, a huge event. Good deal. Well, I mean, you're a few dates into this uh, 50th anniversary celebrating Burn. Like, I mean, that's, yeah. that's something that, you know, most artists don't really get the chance to accomplish no. celebrating something like that. What's this you know, Trent, whole thing um, mean to you? I'm one of the lucky ones because we've, lo- we've lost, as you know, two members of Deep Purple didn't on here. I say thankful and lucky and grateful as we go along this happy road of destiny because life is short, man. Let's be clear. I am grateful to still be doing what I do, uh, still have the the love of the art form to be a singing musician. It runs through me. I write all the time, and long may that continue. Is it odd for you to think about us sitting here talking about something that you wrote and you know recorded 50 years ago? I mean, what is it about this music that stands the test of time for people, you think? Well, that would be the first album I made with Purple, and we were at the castle. I'm, I'm sure you've read the bio uh, in the English countryside, a 15th century castle. Making the album, writing the songs in a crypt, in a dungeon. You could only imagine. And it was real. So to write those special songs in that environment was something rather spectacular. I mean, what was the atmosphere like when you you joined Purple? Was it an instant, like, accepting of your ideas, being the new guy with Richie and everybody? I mean... Look, when David and I came in, it was basically a half half new band. And yeah. new, new, friend, new friendships were being reborn. Uh, the, the painting a new history, uh, writing new history, uh, with no pressure, Trent, whatsoever, to come up with a new album that was... Uh, following Machine Head, which was one of the biggest, in fact, the biggest album of 1973 in rock. So here we are uh, writing this new epic piece of music. So we were very, very happy. When you talk about this tour you're on now, how well do you think the current members of your band kind of capture the essence of Purple? Because, I mean, that's a lot to talk about when you talk about that guitar tone or that keyboard sound. Well, you you let me know, Trent. I, I'm bringing I'm bringing the same t- tones on the guitar, you know, and the Hammond and drums. I, I, I'm having look. My band are so versed in playing these particular songs. We've been doing this tour since May in 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 Europe, and now we're here in America, of course. So we're ready. The tones are good. The arrangements are solid. Uh, it's a look. I'm so freaking happy about this tour. It's going really well. When you speak on the tour, I mean, you're co-headlining a lot of these dates with Ingve Malmsteen. Right. I mean, how do you think you guys complement each other? Because you're kind of, I mean, you're two pretty, you know, different styles when it comes to what you guys do. Completely. Ingve yeah. is a, uh, the last guitar man, he's the last guy doing what he does. Neoclassical, as you know all about him. He's a good friend of mine. So I am a singing whatever you want to call it, and a bass playing guy. And, you know, Ingbe <laughs> is complete all about the guitar. It's just really fluid, as you know. My show is different, but it's a great compliment, you know. So you've got two sets of fans coming, not, not a Granada, the Granada is just me, but you've got these two sets of fans coming together hearing their favorite artist, I guess. Well, we mentioned the tones and the sounds a minute ago, and something that 
you know, I think about whenever I think about Deep Purple, one of the first things I think about is John Lord. And you don't really hear his name brought up as much as the other members of Purple. And I mean, kind of, I mean, we all know what a legend this guy was, but kind of speak on your experience with him and what you think he brought to the world of music. Well, I think John was the reason I joined the band. He came up to meet my family back in the day and he was very kind man, as they all are. But John was very exceptionally kind and, and graceful and an incredibly classically trained keyboard player. I mean, he wrote a lot of uh, incredible pieces of music, as you uh, maybe you don't know that, but he did for orchestras and symphonies. And, and, you know, and he was genuinely one of the greatest. Well, in, in my opinion, he, I, I work with also Keith Emerson. I've, I work with Emerson and John Lord. In my opinion, the two greatest Hammond players ever, you know. Yeah. You know, another thing on the this, I noticed the set list on your shows that you're doing with this, you playing Highway Star, kind of talk about the decision to play a song that's not from your era, but it's obviously yeah, a well-known. That's that's a good track. one. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I, I, it's not like I did, it's, it's not like I went out my way to do it, but we perform it well. Um, do I need to do it? Not really, but I think it's a really good way to maybe close the show with a song like that. Um, I guess I did borrow one song, but it it works out well, Trent. It does. It works fine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can imagine your voice singing that. I mean, back in the 70s when you guys were playing live with Purple, did you? I, I'm guessing you played yeah. all those songs. Yeah, yeah we, we, we did do that song. I, I, I sang that high part, you know. So it worked out well. So when you went back, like, I mean, I know you've been doing the Purple stuff on and off for the last few years. Were any of the songs particularly challenging to, you know, to bring back to your memory or did everything kind of, you know, just flow naturally for you? To be honest with you, this is a good one. I enjoy playing them now or more comfortable, more they roll off my tongue easier now. I'm a different man than I was in the 70s. Thank God. (laughs) But to me, these songs speak to me now more than then. Um, That might sound strange. But looking back and, and analyzing them and, and letting them sink into my system, I really get in character to sing them and perform them better now than I used to do. Well, as far as, I mean, a lot of the songs you're singing, you're singing, you know, your part and Coverdale's part. Was that some? Was that a transition for you when you started doing this, you know, later in life? Or was that just natural? Did no, it feel natural I, as well? I, I, I feel comfortable doing this and by the way Trent if I didn't I wouldn't do it oh right you know I I really wouldn't I don't need to do this for money I do it because I love to do it will I do this forever I don't think so after I've done this this 50th anniversary run which will end at the end of next year I'll go back to being Glenn again (laughs) playing my playing my own music so but singing both David and my part is not something that doesn't I think it's it's interesting and again, I wouldn't do it if I didn't think it was it was uh, cool. Right. Well, speaking, I mean, speaking on that, you've been doing this, you know, a few years, and I know that Whitesnake did that Purple tour several years ago. Yeah, was there yeah, ever any ever any talks of you guys performing together doing some of this stuff, or was that not I something did. that was I, brought up? I, I joined him in Beverly Hills to do. I was I was I he knew I was coming to the show, huh. and I I pull up backstage and I walk in. I could hear him running towards me and. He hands me the microphone and said, we're going to do a couple of songs. And I went, oh, 
<laughs> okay. And of course, you can see it on YouTube, Glenn, Coverdale and Hughes. So, yeah, look, David and I are very close friends. So I'm really happy for him. And I'm, I, I need want to wish him all the best. When, when you did those live, like you just mentioned, was that the first time you had done the Purple Songs in quite a while? Yeah. <laughs> you keep you keep on moving and lay down, stay down. You keep on moving is a song David and I wrote together. And if you I want I want people to go on YouTube and, and look at it. Please do so. White Snake in Beverly Hills 2015, maybe, something like that. Okay. I, I don't know. Something like that, maybe. Uh, so it's on YouTube and they can they can see what it sounded like. <laughs> when you look back at that time like you know the time with with purple writing with any of those guys or you know later in your career writing with guys like tony iomi or joe bonamassa like where is your what's been the most natural feeling to you as far as a writing partner goes or can you name a single one well they're all different aren't they they're yeah. all they're all they're all especially guitar players they're all tuned differently joe bonamassa is highly 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 intelligent and is a spontaneous, literally a spontaneous player, blues. But then again, Iomi is also the most spontaneous riff writer of all times. So just working with those two, I'm working with two craft-worthy guys. But they're just different. When I'm writing with someone, whether it's Blackmore or, or Satriani, or uh, it, it's it's they're all different, and I. I we were compatible. Number one, though, Trent, you gotta be friends. <laughs> I don't think I want to work with anybody that I can't be real pally with. So I've uh, been very grateful to have had my guides find me the way to to immerse my talents with other people I really enjoy working with. Do you enjoy that process of writing with another person, or just when you're writing by yourself? Do you, do you have I a preference like on that? I like to work alone. Okay, <laughs> it's not too much. It's not too much a publishing thing. I like to write my own stuff, and I do write a lot of my own work. As you may know that. So, yeah. but I like to work alone. But when I work with the people I've mentioned to you, I have fun because we 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 get together, you know, at my house or their house, or and we come up with the uh, Joe and I wrote the uh, Black Country album, which is coming in the new year. We 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 wrote all the songs at my home in five sessions wow yeah <laughs> i mean what's the status on that have you guys already started recording the album's finished two weeks ago the oh, album wow. will the album will be mixed this fall and the album will be coming in the first quarter of next year trent first quarter of next year right on i i know you said in interviews previously that you know you're hoping that that leads to more live shows this time around is that something you know that we can hope for as well you think <laughs> well i think if i'm smiling you've been hearing that from me for 10 years <laughs> right. um unfortunately because of everybody's schedule the the, the windows of opportunity because jason's got led separate experiences you know i've got this thing i'm doing now for 18 months and joe's never but joe and i met again trent it's a touchy subject because i joe and i really want to do something but i can't say any more than we are hoping a window will open so we can announce there will be some shows in North America and Europe. Well, you mentioned writing alone and it's been seven years since Res Resonate came out. 
Yes. Is that something we could look for in 2024 is more solo work or what's the plans on that? Between me and you, <laughs> I think <laughs> I'm going to make another one next summer. Yeah, okay. I think so. Yeah. 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 I think so. Yeah. I think I've got some songs to make. Yeah. Good deal. I mean, I know you've been probably asked this a million times in the last several months, but with the dead daisies, was that always intended to be a short run for you or was there no, kind no, of a difference um, in the way things went that I, I do it with everything in my life. It's one thing at a time, one day at a time, one song at a time, one album at a time with the dead days. David Lowe asked me to come in and make an album, which I did. And then the pandemic hit, as you know, and then we did some shows in 21 and 22 and then made another album last year. And at the end of last year, David Lowe wanted to take a long break. And at that moment in time, Trent, I didn't want to take a break. I wanted to continue working. And it was a good opportunity for me to look at this 50th anniversary. And that's why that's why I'm doing it. You know, another thing to look at is 50th anniversary. You know, I mean, you've been singing at a high level now for 55, what, years at least? <laughs> like, how do you, I mean, what have you done throughout the years to kind of maintain that, to maintain your voice even when you're not working? Oh, this is old news, but I haven't had a drink in thirty something years, and right. I haven't I haven't been doing anything stupid, and I've learned to recover and live a, a pain free existence and be in the moment. I'm smiling, very happy. So for me to walk through any fear in my life, drink a lot of water, get a lot of sleep, surround myself with loving, nurturing people, and to do it one day at a time whether it's everything i do is one day at a time trent we're only here for a short amount of time and let's enjoy the ride man that's because music is the only healer that we have on this planet that will give us and soothe our souls that's so true final question for you i mean as someone that's was a around in the 70s you know as part of an integral part of the 70s rock genre what are your thoughts on the kind of resurgence we've got from these bands like dirty honey or greta van fleet or rival sons i mean have you into any of that stuff or well rival sons are, are really close friends of mine i just love them they're great friends of mine i love the rival sons and I, I i'm friendly with the singer of dirty honey i think that it's amazing new look those three bands but the, 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 the i know dirty honey the singer and Rival Sons are close, but I love those those bands. The, the bands are really, uh, really making it authentic. I don't say that kind of sound like anybody, but they do sound like 70s music. Let's be yeah. clear. I am the 70s. You're talking to a guy <laughs> that lived and breathed the 19th. In my opinion, Trent, it's the greatest decade for rock music. Excuse me. That's my humble opinion. But so the new music for me are coming from Dirty Honey. If I can leave it to those two guys, yeah, great, great stuff. Absolutely. Well, man, I, I appreciate you taking the time with me. It's always an honor to talk to you, and I'm really looking forward to getting to check out this Deep Purple show next next week with you in Dallas. And, and by the way, Trent, if I may, to anyone viewing this or seeing this, if you don't know anything about me, please understand this, that I love Dallas, Texas. Trapeze were so big in that neck of the woods. So for I'm smiling all the time when I'm now I'm coming back to Texas. I'm doing Houston, San Antonio, and Big D. Big D, it's like a second home. The Granada Theater, Monday, 
August 28th. Come down and spend some time with me because you're I'm coming home. Dallas, Texas, I freaking love you. Right on. Thank you so much. Thank you, Trent. There you go, Glenn Hughes. The man, the myth, the legend. The voice of rock. The Rock and Roll Hall of Famer. The former member of Deep Purple. Black Sabbath. The Dead Daisies. Current member of Black Country Communion. Also formerly of Trapeze. And of course, tons and tons of great solo work throughout the years as well. A huge thank you to Jen of Chipster PR for her help with this one. And of course, a massive thank you to Glenn Hughes for taking some time out of of his day, not just his day, of his birthday, to talk to me about what he's got going on with this tour and of course a few other things. Really looking forward to hearing this new album from the Black Country Communion. I can't imagine it's going to be anything less than great with the men that are involved in that project and of course the previous work that we've got from him. Like I said early on, if you have not listened to Black Country Communion, they've got four studio albums you can check out. Dead Daisies has several albums, but the two most recent ones include Glenn Hughes on bass and vocals. Of course, he had three albums with Deep Purple, some albums with Trapeze, two albums with Tony Iommi, plus a third one with Black Sabbath. All spectacular. Hughes' thrall. Glenn Hughes' solo albums resonate was his most recent one from 2016. It's phenomenal as well. There's mounds of work out there that you can hear. One of the greatest singers that ever graced this planet. Sing on and play bass on, so do not miss out. All right. I'm sure I'll tell you all about the Deep Purple, the Glenn Hughes Does Deep Purple show next time I record post that show. My next episode will be next week, but it will be recorded before that concert happens, so I won't be able to talk about it in detail yet. But the next episode will be a Rocklahoma preview as well as a Rocklahoma retrospective. I've got a special guest joining me that has been to all 16 previous, or hold it, is it 15? Yeah, 15 previous. This will be the 16th. Rocklahomas, just like myself, and we're going to talk about our favorite memories throughout those past 15 years, and of course what we're looking forward to this year. I've also got one coming very soon with Blake Bedsall, the lead vocalist of Saul. He returns for the first time since 2020 because Saul is back with a brand new album. It's great. You got to check it out. In the meantime, if this is your first time listening, there are 382 episodes before this you could check out. Other Rock and Roll Hall of Fame members such as Gene Simmons of Kiss, Dizzy Reed of Guns N' Roses. I've also had on... What? Oh, Vivian Campbell of Def Leppard is also a Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, also in Dio. I've also had on members of Megadeth, Testament, Tesla, Buck Cherry, Nonpoint, Crosian Conformity, White Zombie, The Black Dahlia Murder, Seven Dust, Typo Negative, Prong, Shinedown, Trapped, Saliva, Sons of Texas, D. Snyder of Twisted Sister, Jeff Tate formerly of Queensryche. Man, this list is massive along. Vanilla Ice has been on this podcast. 
that's pretty insane in itself. Other insane ones that took me off guard were guys like Michael Monroe. He is now, once I see Glenn Hughes next week, Michael Monroe will move to the top spot on my concert bucket list. So hopefully that happens one day. But in the meantime, I'm just going to be happy with finally seeing a full show from Glenn Hughes. Also had on John Waite last year. That was another one that kind of caught me off guard. That was a great fun one earlier this year. I got to talk to Dean Castronovo of Journey. That was such a cool episode. One of my favorites of all time. Also had on Paige Hamilton of Helmet. Tons of other great people throughout the years. Dig back through. Eight plus years of podcasts. You can listen pretty much anywhere podcasts are heard. Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud. Just Google it. It should be the second thing that pops up underneath the Aussie song. You can also listen directly off the website, thethunderunderground.com. Wherever you're listening, wherever you're listening now, hit like or subscribe so you don't miss those future episode updates because they'll be coming. All right. Once again, a massive thank you to Chipster PR, the mighty Glenn Hughes, Sunset Tattoo, and DEB Concerts. And until next time. Thunder Underground, y'all.